to another episode of Preferred Walk-On, PFF's college football show. I'm your host, Max Chabrick, alongside my co-host, Dalton Wassman, our producer, Eli, back there in the studio as well. Dalton, we are full swing into the transfer portal right now. We just dropped our top 10 players in the transfer portal. I dropped my top 25 players in the portal over at PFF.com if you want to check that out. Now we're playing a little matchmaker. We're going to you know, match some of these guys up to some schools that we'd like to see them at. Also give you the rumors about where they're actually looking at, too. So if you're looking for where the top guys are going to go in the portal, this is the episode to watch right now because we're going to say what schools we like them to be at and then also what schools we expect them to probably end up at as well. Uh, so make sure, of course, to uh, listen wherever you get your podcast as well. Leave five-star reviews there, please. Um, and also, if you leave your questions in, the, in that review, we will get to your questions in a mailbag episode that is coming very soon. I promise it is coming. I know we've, we've been promising that for a long time. Mailbag episode is coming. We just got to get through a lot of uh, big things in college football is happening first. Once it starts to slow down a little bit, then we'll get to your mailbag questions. Get to your takes as well. Drop some takes in there. We love hearing your guys' takes as well. Uh, make sure you do that. And also, make sure you join our Capital One Bowl Mania group over at ESPN. I think we have around 20 people now that is in the group. Uh, basically, you pick every single bowl game straight up and the person who has the most right at the end of it will get a free year of a pff subscription not dalton or i if dalton or i win the group we're not getting a free year of pff subscription we have that already because we work for pff but whoever whatever winner that is not dalton or i gets that will get the free year so highly recommended it. it's free it's a link in the description below um you get a free year of pff man which is really really valuable it's over a hundred i think it's 120 dollars a year or something like that so very 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 worth it uh so make sure you guys do that as well before we get to the guys that we're gonna try to play matchmaker with dalton we got to start with some guys that actually committed. And we had some commitments that came in, some big-time ones as well. One of my top ten players in the portal, Raheem Sanders, the Arkansas running back, is expected. He hasn't announced yet, but he's expected to go to South Carolina. How do you like that fit uh, for the Arkansas star running back? I think it's something South Carolina badly needs. You talk about a team that has the fifth-fewest rush yards per game in the country, and they really there was too many times – in their offense that it just felt like Spencer Rattler trying to trying to play hero ball and, and, yeah. and just win the game by himself. They were just very ineffective running the ball last year. They need to jumpstart it now with Rattler declaring for the NFL draft. It's that they're, they're trying to Shane Beamer is going to try to build this thing the way they used to at Virginia tech, right? Defense run the ball complimentary play from the quarterback, maybe find a dual threat to fit in there, but they, they needed this really bad. They just were not physical enough, and they still have to fix their offensive line. They had the eighth-worst run-blocking grade in the Power Five. But Sanders is a really good place to start, coming from a run-heavy place in Arkansas. They they need balance. It, it was just the biggest problem with South Carolina's offense this year. They just had no balance. Even taking in a, you know, in a game where they were ahead on Georgia – and they just they they had no way to bleed the clock. They had no way to get stay physical with them, even with a lead. You know, I remember when they played North Carolina, it felt like they threw the ball every play, and and that was a tight game as well. They were holding, you know, Drake May. That was not one of his better games, but South Carolina's inability to run the ball cost them a lot of games this year. And this is a good start to get a guy like Sanders. Now they just need to get some guys in front of them that can block and and put the whole thing together. 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that. I mean, South Carolina really struggled running the ball. I mean, that had to do with, you know, the run blocking was not good. The running backs weren't good either. Uh, you at least fixed one of those things with Raheem Sanders. Now, he missed five games this year with a knee injury, and honestly, even when he was playing, he didn't look 100% either. So, only at around 200 yards this season on 62 carries. Uh, but last year is really why this is a big thing, because last year, um, he actually, heading into this season, was my number three running back in the country behind Blake Corum and behind Quinshawn Judkins, because last year, he had over 1,400 rushing yards. That was sixth among all Power 5 backs. And what I love about Raheem Sanders is he's a big back, big, big back, around 240 pounds. And they call him Rocket for a reason, man. This guy has speed, even though he's a 240-pound back. Uh, He had 16 carries that went for 20-plus yards last year. That was second among Power 5 backs. So a big back with great speed. Probably dances a little bit too much in the backfield for my liking, but honestly, when he hits, finds the hole, man, he hits it hard, and he is gone. Uh, so I'm really excited for him. I think this will be a really good thing for South Carolina. It's going to be interesting now because Arkansas always had a great offensive line, so it'll be interesting how it looks when he doesn't have a great offensive line. Um, so for that reason, the fit is a little funky to me, but I also think Raheem Sanders is still a great running back that, you know, this year isn't really indicative of how good he actually is. And we actually interviewed Raheem Sanders. It's not on this channel, uh, but you can find the article at pff.com. Terrific kid as well. Um, I, I'm really rooting for him, man. I, I really like this a lot. Let's get to a, a big-time quarterback, Dalton, that uh, ended up transferring and committing, and that is Tyler Van Dyke, Miami's quarterback, transferring to Wisconsin, going from the ACC to the Big Ten. How do you like this fit for uh, TVD? Uh, it's a, it's an interesting one. I get what Wisconsin's looking for because their quarterbacks only made 12 big-time throws all year, and and Van Dyke had twice that. He's got... He's got the rifle of an arm that can he can throw it through the cold weather. That's not going to be yeah. an issue. He there's there's kind of an element to him where he kind of looks like a Wisconsin quarterback, doesn't he? Just p- tall, rocket armed, pocket guy. You know, every Wisconsin quarterback that wasn't Russell Wilson um, just can throw it through the cold weather. They're trying to open this offense up more than they used to. I, I just wonder if he struggled with actually what was a pretty good supporting cast in Miami. This is not the best one in Wisconsin. They have the, they had the seventh worst receiving grade in the country this year. Braylon Allen's coming out in the draft. Good pass protection, which is a requirement for Van Dyke because yeah. he doesn't move at all. But I think they're hoping that they get the early season version of Van Dyke. They can unlock that for a whole year because his arm can elevate an offense. Just the arm strength alone, the, the vertical throws this guy can make. He's got as good an arm talent as anybody in the country, honestly, if he's protected. And if he's allowed to plant his feet and throw it down the field, if I'm not sure if Wisconsin necessarily has enough around him to make this work, but I get what they're going for. There's Van Dyke is that guy. I've said it before. He's going to get taken in the fourth or fifth round. What next? Let's say next year, just on arm talent and just because of the flashes. Like his best throws are as good as anybody in the country and Wisconsin's looking for an upgrade. They, you know, this year they tried it with Tanner Mordecai and I think leaving that SMU environment that's kind of cozy, it, it just didn't it didn't mesh well at all. Mm-hmm. And they just had, they just struggled to move the ball. They struggled to make plays on the outside. They're, they're hoping Van Dyke can come in and elevate the rest of their group and make more big throws 
than um, than Tanner Mordecai made. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of a tale of two seasons for Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, he started the year on fire, man. I mean, he had a 91.5 grade in the first six games of the season with 17 big-time throws, five turnover-worthy plays. Uh, that Texas A&M game, we had five touchdown passes, around an 87 passing grade as well, was massive. And that was a big reason why Miami ended up winning that game. Um, but then the second half of the season, man, it just fell apart for him. 63 pa- a grade, seven big-time throws, eight turnover-worthy plays in the last five games of the season. So, like you said, Wisconsin's hoping for the first half of the year from Tyler Van Dyke. He's got a rifle. Um, he is a statue in the pocket, though. I think that's a good point that you made. You need good pass pro around him because he's not a guy who's going to be able to create on his own outside of the pocket. Uh, you're going to want him to just stand back there and just rifle passes in. Um, and he, he had a really good receiving core, I will say, in Miami, too. So it's going to be interesting how he does with a, a worse receiving core at Wisconsin. Um, they're still probably going to run the ball a good amount. It's, it's Wisconsin. I know it's a new offense, too. But uh, I don't know. I, I think this is, a, this is a good get for Wisconsin. It's a weird fit for Tyler Van Dyke a little bit, but I think it's a good get for Wisconsin. And they're hoping that they get uh, that first half of the year version of him. And honestly, I mean, it was enough for him to still have a really good season. He still had an 85 grade, basically, on the season. So Tyler Van Dyke, I, I think, is a little underrated when it comes to talking about the top quarterbacks in the transfer portal. This is a guy that was a first-round pick projected uh, a couple of years ago, I think in the 2022 draft before the season. Kind of fell off from there, but I still think this guy has talent, man. I still think, like this, think this guy could be a maybe a third or fourth-round pick if it all goes right in, uh, in Madison this year. So Tyler Van Dyke. Going to Wisconsin. Let's talk about some a couple other quarterbacks real quickly, Dalton, that actually did end up committing. One of your guys, Chandler Rogers, the North Texas quarterback, going to Cal. And then just this morning, Grayson McCall, the Coastal Carolina quarterback, who's always graded well in our system until this year, uh, he announced that he's going to NC State as well. So what do you make of those two uh, commitments? I like the Rogers fit a lot. You've got the natural, you've got the natural fit in the running game. You know, Rogers isn't the most mobile guy. He's kind of more of like a moving passer. He's going to move to throw, and you've got Jade Knott next to him who can really carry the running game. And you saw Cal at times this year could really put up points with mm-hmm. quarterbacks, honestly, not as good as as Rogers. So if they if they get their defense going going a little bit and they can find maybe you know maybe one or two transfer receivers that can get vertical and then move into the ACC which we already know what everybody thinks of the ACC and doesn't have a ton of depth but Rodgers I'm telling you the the vertical element to his game he's he's as good a vertical passer as there is in the country right now that North Texas offense was really really good and they just couldn't make stops I I think it's a great fit a, a team that runs an open offense with a legitimate threat in the backfield, Jaden Ott, and a guy who can throw it over the top with ease in Chandler Rogers, I like that fit. McCall's an interesting one. Um, I was a little surprised he didn't leave Coastal last year when Jamie Chadwell left. I, I, I thought for sure that was coming and he was going to make a move like this last year, but he wanted to stick it out down there. He's, um, I find him a little bit like Sam Hartman, mm-hmm. where kind of in a weird system, played really, really well. Yep. I'll say this from a call. Definitely a gamer. As good a competitor as there is in the country. Just a decent arm, not a great arm. Good feet, not great feet, but makes like the right plays and runs at the right time. I'm curious to see, much like Hartman, because I think it worked for a while at Notre Dame, and then they had some injuries, and, and it kind of just didn't fully work. If this works at NC State, this could really, really work. But they run a much more traditional system, and they and you know they kind of struggled at times in the passing game this year. 
McCall's coming from an incubated environment, especially his earlier years. They were loaded with talent at, at Coastal Carolina, yeah. absolutely loaded offensively with talent. Now moving to a more traditional system. This year it was not as flashy for McCall, getting out of that kind of slow read option system and, and you know, and including like everything Chadwell's doing at Liberty. That's that's a very it's a very, very college offense, right? And there's and there's a certain way that it gets done, much like Hartman at Wake Forest, right? It's much different than just a traditional offense like Notre Dame. This is one I think it's good for NC State to get a talent like McCall. He's definitely probably a top 20 quarterback in the country. But I'm curious to see where the fit is, just like with Hartman at Notre Dame, how he plays in a little more traditional system and not having, look, I mean, life is easier in the Sun Belt than in the ACC. That's just a fact. So the step up is is going to be, it's an interesting one to watch. NC State, I believe, inside the top 20 right now, finished the season really, really well, really good defense. He just is going to have to adjust to the level of competition. Yeah, he is. And I, I like the Chandler Rogers fit a lot at, at Cal. You know, I watched his tape after you kind of pointed him out. And, yeah, he does have a cannon, man. And I, I love the fact that he has Jaden Ott back there in the backfield as well, coming back next year as a big-time big, big, uh, big time addition for, for Cal. So I love that. The McCall one's interesting because McCall actually, um, from 2020 to 2022, Grayson McCall had the third-best passing grade in the country, only behind Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. He was right in front of Bryce Young, Kyle Trask, uh, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, stuff like that. But you make a good point. He, he did run like a version of a triple option offense, really, at Coastal Carolina. Same thing with Sam Hartman, kind of ran like a slow mesh system at Wake Forest. The big question was, okay, going to Notre Dame now, how are you going to look in a pro-style system? Same thing for uh, for Grayson McCall, kind of, too. So um, it is going to be really interesting. It does, it does feel – I'm glad you brought up Sam Hartman. It does feel a lot like that where it's like he's really good – but let's see what it looks like in a new offense. Uh, so I, I am really curious to see how he does look at NC State. But, I mean, he, he also tapered off this year without Jamie Chadwell and they kind of ran a different offense. He only had a 75 grade this year, uh, whereas, the, like I said, the three years before, he was hovering around 85, 90 all three years. So um, he was really talented. He actually entered the portal last year, Dalton, um, but ended up with, withdrawing from the portal and going back to Coastal Carolina. So... Interesting now that he does actually get out of Coastal Carolina, staying in the Carolinas and going to, uh, to NC State. So um, let's talk about some of the guys that are remaining, though, in the transfer portal. This, is what we're, this big episode we're doing now is kind of matchmaking these guys. So let's first look at the, uh, the position that everyone loves to talk about in the transfer portal. That is, of course, quarterbacks. And the top remaining quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now, Cameron Ward is up there from, from Washington State. Dante Moore from UCLA, uh, Will Howard from Kansas State, Kyle McCord from Ohio State, and DJ Uyunglele from Oregon State. Let's start off with the top guy, I think, on everyone's kind of big board right now, Cameron Ward. And there's a lot of rumors about him maybe not even transferring. Maybe he, he goes to the NFL draft, declares for the NFL draft. And maybe some, he goes to another big-time school as well. But if he does end up transferring, Dalton, what are the schools that you think he should really be looking at? I actually think the two big schools that have been rumored both make sense, and that's Florida State and Ohio State. Um, I, I think you have, I think you have. Let's start with Ohio State. I think they're looking for a little bit more of a dynamic playmaker that mm-hmm. they're used to having. McCord, I think, is a really good pocket passer, but they they were missing the running element, the mobile element to their offense, and Cam can bring that. And Ohio State's always loaded with receivers. I mean, I know they're losing their top three guys right now, Harrison and Buka Fleming, but. He can go in there and be the centerpiece of an offense. And I think that's the difference between Ward and a lot of these other guys is Ward has shown the potential to be that centerpiece, 
He just wasn't surrounded with the most talent at Washington State. Florida State, I think with him, his skill set actually isn't that different than Jordan Travis. I think Travis runs a little harder. He's a little bit thicker than Ward. Um, and the and the big difference is that Jordan Travis, I believe he was either the highest or second highest graded passer this year, throwing into tight windows. That'll be a big thing for Cam Ward is knowing when to take an aggressive shot and, and when not to, because that's mm-hmm. when he gets in trouble. But I think it makes sense to me for Florida State, if Norvell's trying to build something with a reasonably mobile quarterback who's not afraid to sling it down the field, Ward's skill set is not that different than Jordan Travis, right? And, and I think it would be a very it would be a seamless fit because if he walks into next year with with Tate Rodemaker, that's different. Rodemaker is like a true pocket passer, you know, and, and I think he's a good passer. But if he's looking to keep, continue to do the same things, he's got his whole counter series and read options and and even design runs. I think Cam Ward can do that where right now nobody else on his roster can do that. I think either one is a fit, and I, I would get the argument, maybe based on a more seamless fit and less transition and changing the offense, I'd probably say Florida State's the best fit for him right now. Yeah, so I, I think those are the two I would say, too, that he should be going to. Um, and, yeah, he is I, – I do think he's more of a high-variance player than a lot of people give him – a lot of people say, honestly. I mean, listen, he's got a big arm. He, he can really make unbelievable throws. He had 23 big-time throws this year, which were third among power, uh, Pac-12 signal callers. But over the last two years, his two years at Washington State, he has 41 turnover-worthy plays. That is the most among Power 5 quarterbacks in that span. So he's a guy that, you know, makes some amazing throws, but also – Make some head-scratching ones as well. Um, so he is an, a high-variance player, but also, like I said, the, the ceiling with him is, is super high. So that, that's why you, you see schools like uh, Ohio State or Florida State, big-time playoff-contending programs, uh, want a guy like this. Now, I will say, he took a visit to Miami, uh, Dalton, and he actually was seen with Mario Cristobal and Rick Ross, the rapper, he was seen on the Miami visit. Uh, so let's talk about the Miami thing a little bit because I think this is, um, honestly, it might be the favorite to land him right now. Uh, how would you like that fit in Miami if Cam Ward decides to go there? This, this is the thing with Cam. Cam's the one guy on this list that I don't, I don't really hate the fit anywhere. I, I think you just have to surround him with talent. And what he really, the big thing he really needs is a better offensive line than he had at Washington yeah. State, right? I think he gets in trouble with a lot of those turnover worthy plays late in the play. When he's pressured, he's rolling late in the play, making a poor decision instead of just taking a six yard run and playing it safe, living to play the next down. Miami has those things. You know, they have, they're losing Restrepo. But they've got a good core of receivers. They've got a good core of backs in there. I, it, I, I don't think there's a lot of places where Cam Ward doesn't make sense. So I, I get the Miami thing, and we'll see how much Florida State and Miami might be fighting over this, whether it be through NIL or whatever means. But I, he's he's a guy – I wouldn't hate that fit either. I really wouldn't. He's a more dynamic player than Tyler Van Dyke or any other quarterback on their roster. It's, it's going to be – this is why he's the top guy on the list right now. Because I think he's the one guy. I look at the rest and I go, I think there's a system thing or like even Dante Moore is just, just young and might need some time. Mm-hmm. But Ward Ward is a guy I think is the most plug-and-play, the most versatile passer. He's mobile. He can throw it vertically. 
and he can really play in any system that you want him to. Um, I think Miami does, it makes sense also for them. I think it'd be a huge get if they get him, but they got some serious competition. Yeah, Miami also a big thing with Miami. I know I know the uh, Florida State and Ohio State aren't lacking in NIL either, but Miami is is very good at NIL. I'm sure they're making up a very lucrative offer, honestly, to go uh, play for Miami. So um, he's also apparently Florida State is really trying to get a visit for him as well. Ohio State, obviously, I've heard USC is an option, uh, kind of running a similar kind of offense at USC that he did at Washington State. So those are some options for him. Uh, he's a terrific guy. He's also a terrific kid. We actually have an interview with Cameron Ward you can find on this channel. Um, and I actually asked him, Dolan, when he was transferring from Incarnate Word, where he was gonna, where he was looking at besides Washington State, and he told me Ole Miss, Nebraska, and Houston were the uh, the three schools. I don't think any of those three schools are actually options now, especially Ole Miss having Jackson Dart and they're kind of set at quarterback there. But uh, I don't know, maybe maybe, uh, maybe Nebraska, maybe Matt Rule. Matt, we've heard a lot about Matt Rule making some plays for quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think there are really options now. And Houston, obviously, was his hometown school that he actually told me he wanted to go to Houston originally, and they never offered him. They, they always told him, like, hey, we're going to offer you, we're going to offer you. They never did. And I'm sure they're regretting that now because Houston obviously could really use a guy like Cameron Ward now. So, um, yeah, he, he, he said it was, it was really fun telling Houston no in the portal when they told him no in high, out of high school. It's like, oh, it, it feels good now being the other, on the other side of this now. But Cam Ward, watch the interview. He's an awesome, awesome guy, and we're, and we're rooting for him. And uh, excited to see where he goes, man, because he seems like the biggest domino left right now in the uh, transfer portal. Next one I want to talk about, uh, Dawn, is Dante Moore, who kind of had an up-and-down true freshman season, started off on fire, started off looking like the 2026 number one overall pick. Uh, then he tapered off. Then he looked like a true freshman the rest of the season, earned a 58 grade on the season in his six starts. Still the uh, fourth-best big-time throw rate in the Pac-12 this year. Still was the number three recruit coming out of high school, five-star recruit, and he has two years of college football left, at least two more years, which I think is a big thing with his recruitment as well. Um, what do you think about him, and do you think he should go to a school where he can start right away, or maybe do you think a school where he might sit for a year and, and then start as a junior could be the option for him? I think he could start right away in the right system. I, I really like your Michigan idea from the other day. I, I think he would be – it's a place where it's, it's more insulated – Mm-hmm. And the run game works, and and you want to work heavy off play action. I just think when he when he drops back and he throws the football, he looks like like a pro style under center quarterback. Yeah. Um. And and I think I think he's actually got more arm talent, more potential than JJ McCarthy does. So you know, if McCarthy enters the draft this season, you're looking at especially with Harbaugh if he's going to get in the eye, hard play action, shots over the top you know, deep crossers, things like that. Moore can make every throw on the field. And I think you just need to give him time. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, with UCLA that he shouldn't be expected yet to carry the load for 40 throws a game, right? Go to a place like Michigan, it's 20 to 25. It's heavy play action. It's max protection. It's two and three man, you know, concepts. I, I don't think that's a terrible fit. I know, I know the Oregon... The Oregon thing is coming up now. He's going to take a visit this week. And and it would make sense for him to sit for a year or two behind Dylan Gabriel and and just kind of just kind of just kind of learn. I think especially that the one thing that sitting back would do, I think, is help him in the quick passing game. Right. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to hold the ball and throw it down the field and, and and he doesn't necessarily make the quickest decisions yet, but he was a true freshman, right? Whereas there's, you know, elements of Chip Kelly's offense, it moves so fast that you have to make really, really quick decisions. You know, we're not milking the play clock. We're getting up. We're running the ball. You have to make a quick, quick read. 
that's going to take some time if he's going to run an offense like that. And and going to a school like Oregon, it will benefit him to sit. But I think if he does want to play right now, or next year, I should say, a place like Michigan makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's insulated. They're not going to ask him to do too much. And I think it's going to be kind of – I mean, this is the same thing Michigan has done and kind of sometimes still does with J.J. McCarthy, right? It's just you're we're not asking you to carry us. And maybe one day we will, but – Dante Moore, I think, in a situation where he doesn't have to do that, might be better off because he, again, he can make every throw on the field. You just have to be opportune with when you're going to do it. Yeah, I think he's a lot of potential still. I know he kind of really struggled over the second half of his true freshman season and he got benched, but man, this guy still has a lot of potential. Man, I mean, he was like I said, he was a top three recruit coming out of high school, the number two quarterback, only behind Arch Manning. Uh, so I really think Dante Moore, again, you get two years of him. Uh, he's from Michigan as well. He's from Detroit, Michigan. So maybe he wants to go back home to Michigan. Um, a really interesting thing with that is whether or not J.J. declares. I, there's a lot of rumors about him maybe coming back. Uh, if he wins it all, if he wins the national championship, I think he probably would declare, uh, especially with Jim Harbaugh maybe going to the NFL too. That's another big thing, I think, with Dante Moore uh, and whether or not he goes there. But uh, Miami apparently is trying to get him on a visit as well. Miami's really trying to make a play, man, for a quarterback right now after losing Tyler Van Dyke. So I heard Miami's trying to get a visit. Uh, Michigan State, another school from his uh, kind of hometown, is, is looking to get a visit as well. Um, and you said Oregon, too. Oregon Oregon was actually – he was committed to Oregon for the longest time. And then right around signing day, he flipped in one of the biggest flips. Uh, and he went to UCLA instead. So Oregon might go back to Oregon, the school he originally did, kind of like what Quinn Ewers did when Quinn Ewers was committed to Texas for forever, flipped to Ohio State last second, spent a year there, and then went back to Texas. That might be what Dante Moore honestly does uh, at UCLA going to Oregon. So that's another big one. Uh, let's go to Will Howard now. This is another interesting one. Um, the Kansas State quarterback who really excels off of play action. Um, where do you think he might fit, man? He, he's kind of a, an interesting one, too, in terms of what schools are looking at him. This is, this is one of the hardest ones for me. I, I, like, I know he visited Miami as well, but yeah. they're one of the lowest play action rate teams in the Power Five. I, I, a good one for me would have actually been probably Kentucky, if they hadn't already gotten Vandegrift, he Howard's the hardest one I'm finding a fit for. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a Michigan State. Um, man, it's tough. Maybe maybe even in Arkansas. Is it right? KJ Jefferson is in the portal as well. Um, no? he's not, actually no. He, he withdrew. And oh, Ar- Arkansas actually got a uh, Taylor Green, the Boise State quarterback too. A couple See, days it's ago. it's I'm I'm like looking. He's the hardest one I'm having. It's I I, I would have said like Kentucky. I even Louisville would have been a good one, but now they have Shuck. I just think he needs a team. I think similar to Kansas State, he's generally one or two games he showed it this year, but he's not generally the best like just drop back passer. Yeah. Like I, I actually don't think Miami's offense is the fit. I think somebody more like Moore or Ward fits there better. But Howard, I, I'm I'm struggling with some of these places that have that have been filled. Um, I, I probably would have said Kentucky before Vandegrift went there, and maybe he could still go there and compete for the job, but. It's it's he's the hardest one because he's so reliant. Like he's he is a dual threat to an extent. He is a really he's one of the best play action passers in the country because he's just good at kind of reading when guys are stepping up and getting it over the top of them. But in most drop back situations, now the argument is look watch the second half against Texas. If you just watch that second half, you could convince yourself he can play in any offense. But it, it hasn't been consistent enough. This is. 
honestly, I think of all these guys, this has been the hardest one for me to figure out. Um, I, yeah. I just think I, I don't know that he's a consistent enough drop back passer to go somewhere like like a place like Florida State. I wouldn't put him there. Yeah. Or, or an Ohio State where it's like a true drop back system. I wouldn't put him there. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to think of if there's any other if there's any other places that can insulate him just a bit. I don't think as much as like a young kid like Moore because Howard's been around forever and he's got. I think the biggest thing with him, he's got big game experience, right? Mm-hmm. He's won a Big Twelve title. He's played in a ton of big games. I think that is valuable to some of the bigger schools, but schematically, it's hard for me to find a fit for Howard right now, unless he's unless he's willing, let's say, to go to Kentucky, who's run heavy and kind of plays his style of football and compete with Brock Vandegrift for the job. Yeah. So I will say, so he Miami took a Miami visit. USC early on was really rumored heavily for him. I don't know if I love that either. If he goes to USC, uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I think they, they've got a five-star freshman, Malachi Nelson, that's kind of waiting in the wings, and that, that seems to be the thing that's working for Lincoln Riley right now is just always bringing a five-star every couple years or so, and then kind of develop them into a superstar. That's what he's been doing forever, basically. Uh, I, I think I don't know if bringing in a transfer is the answer there. So uh, USC, I don't. I don't love that. One I love, Dalton, that you actually mentioned um, before, and I went, I did some digging, and I love the fit. Mississippi State with Jeff Lebby. Yeah. I think they at Jeff Lebby in Oklahoma, they ran play action at the second highest rate in college football this year. I think Will Howard fits that perfectly, and I think that's kind of a – I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I don't think he's a superstar. Uh, I think that kind of fits with Mississippi State too. So I, I think Mississippi State would be a good fit for him in the SEC with a guy like Jeff Lebby who runs an offense that is perfect for Will Howard. I, I think Mississippi State would be a good fit. But right now it seems like Miami uh, has been kind of the favorite for him taking him on a visit. And then also uh, USC is the other one too that uh, that is looking at Will Howard right now. All right, let's go over to another one. Keep- Kyle- I see I, you now. Yeah, you, you I got screwed up, for, up a for a second, but yeah, just just go to the next one. I stupid button on my mouse is like the stupid new mouse screwed. Oh, me you're up. good, dude. You're good. Uh, what about Kyle McCord from Ohio State? Obviously, another guy who had a solid year for Ohio State. I think got too much hate, honestly, from Buckeye fans. Um, there's kind of one school that's really been sticking out for him, Dalton, right now. What school is it? It's Nebraska, and you know what? The more I thought about it, I think it's kind of a fit. I think what Matt Rule wants to do, he, you know, he wants to run the ball. He wants to kind of. Use, use tight ends and not he doesn't want to be too too wide open with his with his offense I think he wants balance and and McCord I I, I think McCord is he the best quarterback in the country no does he have a certain skill set yes but they they had it was only ahead of army they were the second worst passing grade in the country this year only ahead of army which right they they need this is just such a massive improvement if they were to get McCord I think that's what Matt Rule is looking for. Even if McCord is not like the perfect player, he doesn't move a lot, he's not great under pressure. But that improvement, and and I think improvement in the second year is kind of a theme with Matt Rule, right? His first year at Temple, he won two games. Second Mm -hmm. year, six and six, bowl game, right? First year at Baylor, they won one game coming coming out of that train wreck that was with Art Bryles and all that stuff. Next year went seven and six. His Matt Rule's thing, at least in college, is the first year assess it, the second year figure out how we're going to get better right now. And, and and this past year, going, I actually give him a lot of credit going five and seven because I didn't expect him to even win that many games. Yeah. Um, this is they basically went five and seven with no passing game at all. They have a good defense. Their defense is good. 
they can run the ball, and they just adding anything in the passing game is going to get them into bowl eligibility for sure. You know, and I know I know the schedule is going to be a little tougher now with the new teams coming into the into the Big Ten, but they can play defense. They can run the ball. They got huge guys in the trenches, just yeah. massive dudes. I mean, and Matt Rule. Matt Rule's teams always play fundamentally sound football, and I think Kyle McCord fits that yeah. really, really well. I think I think the improvement going from a Jeff Sims to a Kyle McCord, who again I think is underrated, got a got a lot of flack for nothing. He had a really good season. I know I know he's not he didn't have a Heisman season. It's not, he's not one of those guys. He's probably not even probably not even capable of winning a Heisman or something like that. To be honest with you, but to get a really good functional passer if he's protected. That that's all they need because yeah. their passing game was it was just non-existent this year. If they had any passing game, I I bet they probably would have challenged Iowa for the big the Big Ten West title had they had any passing game. I believe they lost that game. Was it thirteen to ten to Iowa? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they had anything in the passing game, they could have won that division. So I, I think I think it's a good place for McCord to go and prove himself. It's a good place for him and, and Nebraska to just make a, a huge improvement as a passer. And he's not going to be – I don't think he's going to be rattled in big games, man. He won at Notre Dame. He beat Penn State. He, you know, was 35 yards from beating Michigan. I, I don't see any reason for Nebraska or McCord not to do this. Yeah, I honestly – I love the fit as well. And Julian Fleming, uh, it seems like he and McCord might be a package deal. So the Ohio oh, State oh. receiver – uh, they get Julian Fleming there, man. That's another huge get. Both of them former five-star recruits. Julian Fleming was the number three recruit coming out of high school. Um, actually, was grew up 20 minutes away from Penn State, and everyone thought he was a Penn State lock. Everyone was like, this guy's definitely going to Penn State. He grew up a Penn State fan. And then he ended up uh, not going to Penn State, going to Ohio State. And people asked him, like, what the heck happened? And uh, do you remember who? Ju- do you remember Justin Shorter, Dalton, the transfer to Florida, ended up uh, – He's on the Bills now. He, so Justin Shorter coming out of high school was a top 10 recruit in the country. Actually, his older brother went to my high school. I, I was actually friends with his older brother. Um, he, he, he went to the school right around me too. But Justin, top 10 recruit in the country, getting Julio Jones comparisons, goes to Penn State, was terrible. I mean, not even not – even, I can't even say he was terrible. We just didn't use him at all. Penn State did not use him at all. Um, big bust. He went to Florida, had a solid career at Florida. Now he's in the NFL with the Bills. Good for him, honestly. But uh, yeah, Julian Fleming is like, yeah, I saw what happened to uh, to Justin Shorter at Penn State. He's like, I don't want, I want, I'm not, I don't want that to happen to me either. He literally mentioned that, and I was like, wow, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, hopefully, uh, Fleming is rumored Penn State as well. I would love that. Uh, but right now, it seems like it's going to be a package deal. It seems like Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming are both going to go to Nebraska, who actually have been recruiting really well. Right now, Nebraska has the number 24 class in the country coming in next year. Matt Rule is doing things, man. He's, he's doing some good uh, yeah. stuff. So. I, I, think, I think people forgot, because of all the Carolina Panthers stuff, how good a coach Matt Rule he's is. Awesome it, every, everywhere he's gone. Awesome to turn, I, I remember when he turned around Temple. Yep. And, and anytime, anytime you turn around Temple, that's like a miracle. I believe, yeah. was it three or four straight bowl games at Temple? Just... Things, things that they, they just Penn don't State, do. Yeah. And then to take that Baylor job mm-hmm. after everything they went through and turn it around literally in the second year, yep. and then I believe, did they win the Big 12 within one year? Something like that, yeah. I I mean, Matt Rule's a really darn good coach. He may just not be an NFL coach, and we've seen how that Carolina Panthers situation is. Yeah. That, that guy can really, really coach, and he can turn things around quick. If you get both of those guys – in that passing game that that basically was nothing last year and you add it with their defense and their horses in the trenches and and their ability to run the ball 
you do. I think you have a reasonably dangerous team on that side of the conference. And dude, I mean that'd be phenomenal. He's he's a culture builder, and honestly, Nebraska needed that again. So he's that guy. I love that hire last year. He is working out great. Not only that, Don. I know we're not really talking about high school recruits right now, but I don't know if you saw this. Dylan Rayola, the number three quarterback in the country, um, who is right now committed to Georgia. He apparently, all the rumors are, he might flip to Nebraska and go to Nebraska instead. Five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola. I don't know if you know this, Don, but his uncle, Donovan Rayola, is the offensive line coach for Nebraska. And his uh, father, Dominic Rayola, I believe, was a legendary center for Nebraska. Played played for the Lions for a long time. Uh, but he's a Nebraska legend as well. So it's kind of a Nebraska family, and everyone th- kind of thought Dylan might go there. Uh, then, he, then he committed to Georgia. But right now, the favorite to land him right now is Nebraska. Everyone thinks he's going to flip to Nebraska. So if that rule can get Kyle McCord, Julian Fleming, and then Dylan Rayola to take over after Kyle McCord, I mean, that is awesome for for Matt Rule. So that's something to keep an eye on, too, as we get into uh, National Signing Day, is that Dylan Rayola, the number three quarterback in America, five-star quarterback, might flip from Georgia, the defending back-to-back national champs, to Nebraska, which would be uh, honestly insane. But, uh, yeah, Comic Court seems like Nebraska is the heavy favorite from. I'd honestly be shocked if it's not Nebraska at this point with all the signs that are pointing to that. So seems like he's going there. Uh, There's another really interesting one. DJ Uyunglele uh, from Oregon State, Dalton. Uh, what do you think he might do, honestly? I, I mean, I know all the rumors have been leaning towards Florida State for mm-hmm. now, and Louisville was in that mix before they got Tyler Shuck, and I wonder if they're still in that mix. But I, I, I just don't. I don't know that Florida State is the best – like, I think in the run game it makes sense. Like, he he can do – I think there would be kind of a philosophical shift for Norvell. Like, Uyagale, he can do all the things in the run game probably just as well as Travis. But the the lack sometimes of accuracy, especially in the drop-back game, concerns me. Like, I, I – you know, I told you on Monday, I'm, I'm a little surprised we're not seeing more about possibly him following – Jonathan Smith to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if he fe- if he feels like oh I can get on a team that's in playoff contention and get him in the top twelve and do all that. I get that because Michigan State's not going to be yeah. prepared for that next year. So I-, I get the part about trying to find a-, a winning team, but he's I think again a little bit like Will Howard um, trying to find a schematic fit, a- and not a lot of teams run their offense the way Oregon State did last year under center two tight ends run right at you hard play action seven man protections like just it's hard to find a fit i i totally get on the talent on the arm strength on the the downfield passing ability why any school in the country would look at him but i still i i think he's been better he's another guy like howard who's been better when he's just just insulated just mm-hmm. a little bit. I, I need a really, really good run game, right? And Florida State's losing a lot of talent. I'm not sure, not sure what they're going to have around him, right? Next year, I, I don't think Uyagalale can carry you. Yeah, I, I just don't. I think that that much has been proven. I think he's a, I think he's a B to B plus quarterback with a really good arm who can hurt you. You know, short yardage situations in the run game, over the top in the play action game, but. I, I man, I would have liked to have seen him go to Louisville. Actually, I, I think I think Jeff Brom really could have. I think he really could have called the right plays for this guy. Yeah. I, it's, and it's not that Mike Norvell and Florida State can't, but it's different. 
it, it's it's different. It's much more set up to in Louisville to support a guy like Uyagalale. I, I I wouldn't have minded seeing that instead of them going going with Shuck. I wonder. That's an interesting. Po- I wonder if they are still gonna be willing to take him. I wonder. Like Shuck is like I don't think Shuck is that great, honestly. So I know he started for Texas Tech and he, he had a sixty five grade this year. Um, he's always been just like solid. I, I I never really thought he was that good. Um, I don't, I wonder if DJ's like still like oh I could beat that guy out easily. Now I wonder if uh, Tyler Shuck might also be like you guys are screwing me over here. Like I thought you were taking me in to be the starter. Now all of a sudden you're bringing another guy. So I don't know. It's weird. I, I wonder I, if it's, it's a hard option. one. I, I get totally why he's looking to go to a Florida State. He he wants to win because right. again I think a big motivation now on both sides of this portal is going to be. Who who can who who can get in the top twelve? Right, right. before when it was right. four, it was so limited mm-hmm. to like really like Caleb eight or nine teams. Like I said, like, it, it, yeah. we, before this year and all the controversy this year, it felt like we were pretty much the same six teams. Some combination mm-hmm. of four of them were making the playoff every year. If you weren't at Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, then you really it wasn't irrelevant. Now. Playoff contention's a relevant decision, and these guys, especially the quarterbacks, are going to look at those schools first. I, I get the Florida State thing. I, I'm I'm a little shaky on if it would work. I wonder if I think he might be. I think they're waiting on Cam Ward, and I think they're gonna if Cam Ward does not come through, whether or not he declares for the draft or goes to Miami or wherever. I think then they turn to DJ. Be like, all right, we'll take DJ in and do that instead. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. So uh, he actually, DJ did an interview with ESPN's uh, Tom Van Haren, one of the top college football reporters. He's terrific. So check it out if you can. Uh, but he did an interview and, and talked about the schools that he's talked to. He said, all right, uh, I've talked to a couple schools. Uh, I've talked to Mississippi State, Louisville, Florida State, and then a few schools have reached out to some coaches of mine. Ohio State reached out to one of my coaches. I haven't talked to them, but they are one of the schools that reached out. So Ohio State reached out kind of through some back channels about DJ. I wonder if... Ryan Day is kind of thinking maybe uh, he might be panicking right now because it seems like Cam Ward is like up in the air completely. And if that doesn't work out, it's like Ryan Day is like, I don't know what we're going to do at quarterback with Kyle McCord leaving too. So I wonder if he's kind of looking at DJ right now as kind of one of those uh, one of those guys as well. And Miss- Mississippi State also reaching out. That I love that fit too. That play action offense for DJ. I know it's not a playoff contender probably, but Mississippi State also could be an interesting one for DJ as well. Yeah, it's it's a weird one though because it's a lot more spread out than he's used to. Right. Um, Ohio State's in a weird spot. I, I think any of these schools that are looking for at Cam Ward, they're they're going to be in a holding pattern until that decision's made. It's kind of like it's kind of like oh, the big free agent on the market, and then the dominoes fall. Right. Um. I. I it's it's again. It's the it's the reason. Like again, Cam Ward's the one guy who I don't have like a schematic problem fitting him in anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's just talented and he can just, he can do all the things you ask him to do. All of these other guys have some sort of just little, like little bit of a handcuff where you go. I'm there's, there's, there is not that Cam Ward's not flawed because the turnover worthy play things is, is an issue, but yeah. that's more of like a general football thing than mm-hmm. a fit thing. Any good coach is going to sit there and go, Oh, I can fix that. But yeah, this is why Ward's the bigger prize. And DJ, look, these other teams, if they're looking at a transfer quarterback, they should look at DJ right after Ward, right? He's He does have a ton of ability. He's oh, yeah. got size. He, he can run. He's got a one boatload of, of ability. One of the strongest arms he in just, the country, I think. Yeah, his, his arm is ridiculous. He, he just has, much like the rest of these guys, Howard and McCord and Van Dyke, none of them have shown the ability 
to carry an offense when you need them to, right? If DJ could do that, they very likely would have beaten Washington, right? Yeah. I I, I just I it's he's gonna be he's gonna be an odd one. I'm I'm really curious to see where he ends up and how that fits in because I I actually I kind of think Louisville might have been the best fit and that door might be shut. Yeah. Dude, I'm wondering if Ohio State screwed themselves. It feels like, I mean, Kyle McCord wouldn't just leave Ohio State if he's going to be a starter next year. You know, something, something happened there. I feel something, like Ryan, something Ryan had to have probably there. went to him. Is like, listen, we're we're going to get a guy. You know, have your affairs in order. You might want to look at the port. I wonder if now I, they're screwed, man. Because I, I think Riley Leonard they're trying to go after too. He's obviously off the table with Notre Dame now. I I can't guarantee. I'm going to be honest. By this time next year, I'm not saying it's the most likely outcome, but I can't guarantee that. Any of these guys are better than Kyle McCord. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I wonder if I, I, I wonder if they these guys themselves. These guys, some of these guys, we think are better, but I, I, I think McCord's in the same class as the rest of these guys. I don't. I get the style thing because he doesn't move. But what are you gonna do? Some, like, something had to have happened there. You strike right? out on, on Cam Ward, which looks honestly likely at this point. I mean, Ohio State is still in the running, but it, it seems like Miami and Florida State or even the NFL draft are still the more likely options. You strike out on him, I don't have anything about Dante Moore with them. I wonder what the heck they do, man. I, I don't know what quarterback they'd really look at and be like, oh, we got to get that guy now and bring him in. I got... I don't know. I I wonder if this is a mistake by Ohio State kind of forcing McCord out of there. I I don't know. I I I I heard Riley Leonard was an option for them. They were really going after him. He obviously decided on Notre Dame. Check out a Riley Leonard Notre Dame video. But I wonder if Ryan Day is kind of you know maybe he calls up McCord and like, listen, please come back. Honestly, now we'll have you again as a quarterback. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm worried uh, about Ohio it's, State. It's right. hard, man. It's hard to get rid of a guy who went eleven and one. I I'm I'm just wondering, and I know, and they're and look. Wouldn't you have liked to have had him being in the system and on the team and all that when you're losing Harrison and Ibuka and Stover and a bunch of D linemen? And I mean, unless it was a McCord decision going, man, our team's not getting any better than it was this year. Yeah. Man, it's hard to just leave if you're the starting quarterback of Ohio State, though. I, I, that's why I right. think he got forced out. I think they told him, hey, we're getting someone else. So you might want to get out of here i just man it's oh, weird man, man. it's a weird i want i wonder i don't know who they think they're gonna get but it's it, asking me it really was it was far and away the most surprising one yeah uh, of of all of them because i i just didn't i i i thought they had despite the loss to michigan i know everything's measured on that one game i thought they had a really successful year considering there was such a question at that spot and mccord you saw he wasn't the best quarterback he wasn't the best quarterback in the country but they made it happen yeah they made it happen. That's why I, I, I wonder if Day is regretting it right now. I wonder if they got a little cocky and thought, oh, we're Ohio State. We can get any of these guys. And now they're kind of the, – the chips are falling. They're like, oh, shoot. Like, maybe we are – we've kind of screwed ourselves. So, I don't know. That would be an interesting one. Uh, before we move on to the, quickly to the, uh, the non-quarterbacks that we want to talk about, I wanted to bring this up, too, because I think it's a really interesting storyline that not a lot of people are talking about. We have, Dalton, a couple former five-star quarterbacks uh, who have sat on the bench for three years and have basically been backups for three years. We have no idea what they are. In Brock Vandegrift, who's going from Georgia to Kentucky, Ty Thompson, the Oregon quarterback who entered the transfer portal. We don't know where he's going to go yet, but I'm really interested in those two guys, man, because they were the same class as Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers. And like I said, five-star quarterback coming out of high school. Three years they sat on the bench. You never see that. You usually see one year on the bench, and then after that, if they're not going to be a starter, they get out of there, they transfer. These guys spent three years on the bench and now are finally in the portal now. So I'm interested in seeing what Vandergrift does at Kentucky and what Ty Thompson does, honestly, at whatever school he goes to, too. 
Yeah, I agree, and I think they're good upside plays. I like, like I think Kentucky getting Vandegrift, and and he's kind of mobile. He's kind of, kind of a lot like the quarterbacks they've had recently, yeah. right? But I, I think you have a couple of things, and this some of this is circumstantial. Where you had b- back in twenty twenty, like you look at the guys they were sitting behind, right? Stetson Bennett, who was in college forever. You yeah. know, obviously all these guys got the extra year with COVID year. Bo Nix was in college forever. Mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel's been in college forever, and they're all they were all really good players and. And they just didn't get an opportunity. And and I actually give them credit because there's so, so many guys who the second, especially quarterbacks, the second they're not the starter. Oh, yeah. They're out of there. And, yeah. and it's then, you know, Vandegrift could have easily left last year when they named Beck the starter. Mm-hmm. Easy. You know, I, I give these guys credit for sticking it out. Um, but they're going to be good upside plays. Like a school like Kentucky, I think is perfect for Vandegrift. It's still SEC. They need a quarterback. They need a jolt in a passing game. He can move to. I think that really helps. And Ty Thompson played sparingly sometimes in the fourth quarter for Oregon when Knicks was, you know, already put up 60 points. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I know there's, uh, there's some Arizona State rumors with mm-hmm. him. That's that's a good one. Like, they need a team that just needs an infusion of pure talent that, for whatever reason, hasn't gotten a chance. I, I think those would be really good. Those are, well, I think it is a good fit for Vandegrift. And a, a school like that's a good fit for Thompson. Just – they do just need a chance, right? Yeah. They, you know, hopefully they've learned a lot on the bench and spare, you know, sparingly played the last few years. But I, I think a lot of it is circumstantial with those two. When you talk about sitting behind guys who have been in college for what feels like a twenty years, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and now now with Gabriel coming in, Thompson now now the writing was on the wall. Yeah, right? you, you oh just can't God. you can't sit there forever if you were a five star guy. Somebody's gonna believe in you enough to start right now dude it's so fun the ty thompson one is i don't know if you saw ty thompson's tweet that he kind of got clowned for uh but when they lost to washington in the pac-12 title game he kind of did the you know the stefan Diggs tweet where he's like standing on the on the side and watching the team celebrate oh against the chiefs yeah yeah, yeah. he did that he yeah. did that kind of tweet where he's kind of standing there like oh my time now i feel so bad for that kid man his true freshman year uh sat behind anthony brown you're thinking okay Freshman year, every five-star freshman usually sits for a year. Then I'll take over. They bring in Bo Nix. And he goes, okay, Bo Nix is here. I'll sit for another year. Uh, but he's going to declare for the draft if he has a great year. Bo Nix has a, has a great year. And then Bo Nix goes, no, 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 I'm coming back next year again. I'm coming back for another year. And Ty Thompson's like, okay, okay. I'll come back next year again. I'll sit for my third year. Bo Nix is out of eligibility after this. He's gone. He's definitely gone after that. Then it's my turn in my fourth year. And then Dan Lanning goes, no, we're actually bringing in Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> it's hard, but but the portals made it hard for, I think, I think recruiting is changing so much, especially at quarterback, right? Like, you can still keep recruiting D-linemen, O-linemen, receivers, because you got a million of them on your team. You can put four or five on the field at any time, right? But the quarterback, you can only have one. Yeah. Right. You only get one starter. The talent's getting spread out. I mean, I think there's a couple of things going on with this portal now where like obviously it used to be right. Well, essentially what Clemson is doing now. Okay, we had Watson Mm -hmm. and now it's the Trevor Lawrence era and now it's the Cade Klubnick era. Mm -hmm. And we're going to ride that out to the end. Like everything, the way the portal is now, you can get experienced, really good football players basically anytime you want. Yeah. Winning this year. It's almost more like the NFL. Winning this year, this is there are almost no more long term projects in college football, no. man. Matt Rule, you you're probably if you go to a new job, you get one year, like Matt Rule got it at pretty much every job he's had, but at Nebraska where it's like, okay, figure it out, look at it, analyze it, go. Like Mike Elko, this year he's gonna get a pass at AM. 
next year he's going to be expected to win because you can yeah. infuse talent so much quicker now. But that's going to be the dilemma for some of these four or five star quarterbacks. Is it's only one spot to start on every team. Mm-hmm. You and if you're if the problem is being willing to wait doesn't work anymore. No, doesn't because they'll just go get an experienced one. Even we've seen you know LSU will go get a Jaden Daniels. Five of the last seven Heisman winners are transfers, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can go get a junior senior quarterback, a really good football player anytime you want, and you can pay him whatever you want, right? It's like like I, I think you know Dante. If you're going to be a five star guy and you expect to start as a freshman, you better be it. Yeah, you better be it now because the the number of ways to get replaced now, it's I, insane, it's, dude. it's it's off the charts. I mean, and, and you've seen teams, and I think the other one too, like TCU last year, going from five and seven to national title game, mm-hmm. right? This this can happen. This can happen now. And now with a top twelve, every there you just went. I think with a twelve team playoff, you just went from like really like seven or eight teams a year are in national title contention to probably at the beginning of the year like thirty to thirty five who feel like they can get there. Plus, honestly. Uh, probably 10 to 15 teams every year in the group of five that feel like they can take that 12th spot. Right. I, I, I mean, every, everybody. I mean, think about, like, now you've got, I don't know, let's just say let's just say a Boise State feels like their team is loaded up enough that they could go 11-1 and one and get ranked and get the 12th spot. Like, when, and I know we've seen it a few times and it hasn't worked, like, all the time, but, like, we've seen group of five quarterbacks come up and be really good. Like I think mm-hmm. about Jackson Dart, somebody like that, right? When do some of these big time kids start going? You know what? Let me go. Let me go to a Liberty. Let me go to uh, a, a Tulane. Let me go to one of these big group of five. Let me go to Boise State, and we'll we'll backdoor it and we'll get in that way because of because rightfully now the group of five gets one spot. Of, let me go to Memphis, right? Let me go to SMU. Or what if Dante Moore? What if Dante Moore? Let's say I don't know some. Preston Stone left. What if Dante Moore went to somewhere like SMU with Rhett Lashley? Yeah. Is that that crazy? All of a sudden, oh man, they look like they're going twelve and zero. Yeah, right. I I think I think court, the quarterback talent is going to start getting spread out like this, and these five star guys. The the days of sitting for two years behind somebody and just waiting your turn, it's gone. Yeah, this, this portal, this portal's killed it. That's why it's like it's insane, man. With Vandergrift and Ty Thompson, it's like they literally could have declared for the draft this year, and we still have no idea who they are. It's crazy. It's not. It's not. And for them, it's not worth sitting. No. What, exactly. what, so you, what really? What has Ty Thompson gained in the last three I, years if he can't play at a school like Oregon? He's just sitting there. That's what I'm saying. Like I, you could commend them all you want, like oh, you know, good for like honestly, but it's like, dude, you, you should have been out of there before that, honestly. So. Uh, the the yes. days, the days of all that loyalty and and all this, you know, we can do. Gone. They'll still do that. They'll still do the hat thing with the recruiting forever. But yeah. that's that's like a that's like a nine month commitment now. That's you gotta, what we have. Yeah, you got to look. You got to look out for you and you alone in this era, man. Honestly. So uh, real quickly. So I know we kind of went long with the quarterbacks there, but obviously there's a lot to go on with those quarterbacks. Uh, let's go over quickly the uh, top non quarterbacks that we had. So uh, I think our top non quarterback for both of us, Dalton, was Princely Uman Bielen from Florida. Uh, right now, Ole Miss seems to be the favorite for him. He visited Ole Miss on Monday. Uh, what do you think about that fit? And what do you think about uh, any other potential fits that you might think about him for him too? I, 
I think a guy like him, I, I think defensive linemen, they talk about this sometimes in, in the NFL draft too. Defensive linemen are the easiest guys on the field to just yeah, play. to just put to put in on darn near any team. Now, sometimes there's a thing of like actually Ole Miss defense is one of the weird ones because they kind of run this like three three kind of like traditional pass rushers don't always fit, but a guy with Uman Mielin's talent, you either move things around for him or you just let it rip. D-lineman, he fits anywhere to yeah, me. He, he can fit at Ole Miss, he can fit at Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, where, wherever you want him, because he's, he's just... Pass rushers fit anywhere. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think what Ole Miss... I think Ole Miss needs to end up with one of these guys. Obviously, we're going to get into like a couple other guys, especially out of the SEC. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss needs anything they can get in their front seven. It's, yeah. it's always the weakness. Lane Kiffin can call plays. They can make big plays. They can run the ball back in. The back end's kind of supported with the system the way it is, but they need guys up front, and and, and I think it, that would be a good fit for them. Georgia, Alabama with their guys leaving. I, I mean, pass rushers, and we're going to get into a couple more of, of this caliber, they fit anywhere. Uh, that's that's kind of why. It's the D lineman, I think, to me, you could tell me with him, you could tell me almost anybody. I go, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of that thing. He's like the top guy. It's almost like you don't need a fit for it. Like you don't need a guy, oh, does he fit this? Like, no, he's, he's a superstar anyway. Um, I will say his little brother, Prince Will Uman Mielin, true freshman edge defender at uh, Nebraska this year, and he played a lot at Nebraska. So he might be thinking, hey, what if I go to Nebraska? Matt Rule seems to be having some NIL bags if he's handing out to Kyle McCord, Julian Fleming, Dylan Rayola. Maybe he's got some money left over for uh, Prince Lee Uman Mielin as well, man. If you get those two edge defenders, the kind of brotherly duo at Nebraska at edge defender, I don't know. Maybe He seems like an SEC guy. He seems like Prince Lee's going to stay in the SEC. But I wouldn't be shocked if he goes, you know, I kind of, you know, I love Matt Rule. Family loves Matt Rule. I know that for a fact. Uh, maybe he goes to play with his little brother in Nebraska, too. That'll be interesting. Um, all right, number two, Walter Nolan. He seems to be the guy that everyone thinks is the number one player in the portal. This guy was the number one recruit coming out of high school uh, in 2022, right above Travis Hunter. This guy was number one. Uh, he seems to be also, Dalton, looking at Ole Miss. Ole Miss right now is the favorite for Walter Nolan. Oregon has also really been up there for him as well. Uh, what do you think about Walter Nolan and where he might be able to go? Uh, same thing. Same thing. Talent talent plays and defensive line talent plays anywhere inside. You know, if, if you want to go three-man front like Ole Miss, you want to go four-man front like Oregon or, or USC even. I think – I don't know why I, we haven't heard USC yeah. in this conversation. They badly need pieces up front. Um, you know, Missouri, who was also looking at Aeneas Peebles, would make some sense. They need help in the middle. I, I, this is another one. Talent plays anywhere. This would be a centerpiece for for an Ole Miss, for a USC, for a team trying to build a front seven. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think any any of those makes sense. If it is Ole Miss, same thing as as Princely. Just I'll let it rip. Put them right there in the middle and let it rip, man. Because that's it's it's exactly what they're missing. Ole Miss makes a ton of sense as a fit to me. Dude, can you imagine if they get Walter Nolan and Princely Uman Mielin? Maybe the top two D linemen uh, in the portal right now. I'd be insane. You, you, you start talking about them in like and and they finished are they tenth or eleventh right now? Yeah. You start talking about them as serious serious playoff contenders. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, another. So I feel like actually all these top five guys are actually all defensive players. Maybe we'll talk about some offensive guys really quickly after this. But next up, Tyler Barron from Tennessee, another edge defender, um, kind of the unsung hero I think on that defense. James Pierce Jr. gets a lot of the love, but Tyler Barron was also terrific this year uh it seems like kind of the same thing right we, there's no rumors about tyler Barron about where he might go but he was terrific this year for the volunteers uh it kind of seems like the same thing or it's kind of like hey you know anywhere fits for this guy he's a, he's a stud 
Oh, wouldn't wouldn't you love to see him take Dallas Turner's spot at Alabama? Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Six five, six yeah. five, two sixty. Get after it. I know James Pierce is younger and got all got all of the the accolades for Tennessee, but th- this dude was nearly as good, man. I'm I'm yeah. telling you, he got he's got length. He can he he can just he can do he can do anything you want in an edge defender, man. I'm telling you, it, it's just. I'd I'd love to see him go to like an Alabama as as like the star of the show with Turner and and Braswell leaving. That that right there would that would be a fun fit. And I know again, pass rushers fit anywhere, but I think Alabama's going to need one or two of these guys. I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next guy we're going to talk about. I think Alabama would be perfect too. Uh, BJ Green from Arizona State, another guy, edge defender, uh, terrific pass rusher. He had the highest pressure rate in the country last year, actually, uh, and he was also I think he had the sixth most pressures this year as well. Um, really no rumors about him either. There hasn't really been any news about him or where he's looking. Uh, where do you think he might be uh, looking to go as well? I, I would, if it was me, I would think of it. I would leave him on the West Coast. I'd send him to USC. I would love that. I, I think with DeAnton Lynn in there, mm-hmm. the coaching that UCLA's def, defensive line got last year, and that terrific crew, You, I, I think Lynn is going to try to build the same thing. They, they need defensive linemen. Bear Alexander is really good, but they, they need more. They just need more. In the front seven, they need to find a way to stop the run. I that's that's where I would go with that. Honestly, this dude low key was one of the best pass rushers in the Pac-12. USC has seen him in person. He had six pressures against him when they played um, Arizona State. Arizona State gave him a ton of problems in that game, forced a fumble. Also, I, I, if I was Lincoln Riley, this is a guy I'd be looking at. Yeah, I think USC <clears throat> will be a terrific fit as well. Danton Lynn, I mean, they got. The, uh, the North Dakota State head coach also joined Lincoln Riley's staff, who's a defensive guy as well. That'd be terrific as well. Uh, next guy I want to talk about real quickly in the secondary, Andrew Makuba from Clemson. Kind of a slot corner, free safety, box hybrid player. Had a terrific year at slot corner this year. Was terrific as a true freshman, basically playing mostly safety. Uh, last year, he struggled, but also he had injuries that you know most players would not even play at all with what he was dealing with. He had a sprained MCL, dislocated elbow, among other injuries, too. He played through all of that. He, he struggled, but also, like, who wouldn't struggle with all those injuries? I think McCoob is a really good player. It seems like, Dalton, right now, it seems like Texas is the heavy favorite uh, to obtain McCoob's services this year. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect fit. You're about to see Texas secondary get the ultimate stress test in this semifinal game, <clears> man. I, I And they... They haven't always held up the greatest against the top passing teams. I'll get into more numbers later when we get into the preview of that game, but... I think it'd be a good fit to get this level of talent, of versatile talent at that inside safety slot. Think about, you know, I think about Brian Branch, that kind of skill set. Um, that that would be, I think, Texas, if there's one thing missing and if they if they don't finish off a national title run here, I, I wonder, we know their front seven's great. I wonder if the secondary can hold up and they still need an infusion of talent. This guy, Makuba, would really be, it would help them a lot on the back end. It's the one thing, especially now going into the U.S. Uh, the U.S. CBS, SEC with some of those high flying offenses. They they need to keep building this secondary. Yeah, absolutely. So those are kind of the top guys that we think, and those were all defensive guys too. Are there any other guys, Dalton, that you want to bring up? That you know, those are my top five available players and porters. Anyone that you want to talk about uh, and the fits that you might like for them as well. I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna keep saying it till till it happens. But send Trevor Etienne to Georgia. It's gonna happen. I just I just want I just want to see it. I yeah. just want to see it. I want to see him in their scheme getting downhill, toss sweeps, pulling guys, power, everything that they do. I just I really badly just want to see Trevor Etienne at Georgia. 
Dude, I think it's gonna. I, I saw a report yesterday that is very likely that he's gonna end up at Georgia too. So Trevor Etienne to Georgia, uh, Ole Miss, dude. Ole Miss is. Uh, I'm looking at right now the favorites to land a lot of these top guys. Ole Miss can make a play this year. Juice Wells is the heavy favorite to go to Ole Miss right now. The South Carolina receiver, uh, who a lot of people think is a top receiver in the portal right now, I think it might be Colin Lacy, the South Alabama guy. But Juice Wells, South Carolina's receiver, uh, right now Ole Miss is the heavy favorite for him. I think that'd be unreal if they can get him with Jackson Dart there. Uh, Colin Lacy, like I said, the South Alabama receiver. Texas A&M seems to be the favorite for him right now. That'd be another huge get for Mike Elko if they can get him. So those are some of the, kind of the other top guys. The, the offensive line class is solid, but it's not, you know, there aren't any really superstars in there. Uh, Chase Pesantis, the A&M uh, tackle favorite to go to LSU right now. So uh, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be a really, really interesting portal, and I, we'll obviously react to a lot more of them as they happen. Uh, this is what we're kind of playing matchmaker for these guys right now. All right, before we go, uh, we wanted to talk about the bowl games. We obviously have college football back this weekend. A lot of big games, a lot of bowl games this weekend. And we wanted to kind of give our pre- a quick preview. We're not going to preview all of them in depth, but quick preview of all the bowl games from this weekend and on Monday too, because Monday we're not, we're obviously the bowl game is going to happen before we even record the episode. So uh, let's talk about the bowl games real quickly, Dalton. Of course, remind you guys, join our Capital One Bowl Mania uh, because, again, you can win a free PFF subscription. And if you get the most right, and right now there's only like 20 people in it right now, so you have a good chance of, of getting it if you honestly win it. So let's talk about the bowl games right now, starting off uh, with the first bowl game, which is the Myrtle Beach Bowl between Georgia Southern and Ohio on Saturday at 11 a.m. So, Dawn, who are you picking in that game? I, I like Ohio. I like their defense a lot. They've only given up 24 points once this uh, this entire season, and Georgia's Georgia Southern's a little cold. They've lost four games in a row after starting. I believe they started six and two. Ohio's defense is the difference for me in this game. I'll take the Bobcats. I'm taking the Bobcats too. And Georgia Southern's actually favored by three and a half points in this game. I don't know how. I, I think Ohio is the better team. I think Ohio right now is what they're nine and three in the season, and Georgia Southern is six and six. I don't know how Georgia Southern is favored by three and a half. Um, maybe there's some transfers that I. I have not i've missed but yeah i think ohio's defense is really good i think i also think the offense is really good i believe curtis work is playing right i mean is he in the portal he might actually be in the portal i think he went in the portal i thought oh that's why they're so that's- I, if if they can keep it a low scoring they've been winning with defense all year their their offense wasn't as great this year work was fighting through injuries early in the season um they're they're really a heavy defensive team anyway if they keep this a low scoring game and keep it in the box i still like them to win it that that's exactly why ohio is underdogs is because of that that makes a lot of sense so he actually yeah. looking at vanderbilt and byu right now uh, apparently for curtis curtis work so that'd be interesting um really good quarterback though so yeah we're both taking ohio still uh in the upset uh next one we're talking about is actually not an fbs game but still a bowl game the uh the celebration bowl the cricket celebration bowl between howard and florida a&m don who did you pick in this game I, I like FAMU. Howard's hot lately. They've won four of their last five. They started to figure some things out on offense, especially in the running game. But FAMU's been consistent all season, 11-1, and one, and the only loss was at USF, um, who actually became one of the better comeback stories yeah. of this season. I, I like FAMU. Well-rounded, really well-rounded on defense. Just a ton of guys, especially on their defensive line, who caused a lot of problems. As um, long as FAMU's run defense holds up, uh, I believe they're going to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy Musa, FAMU's quarterback, has had a pretty good year as well. So I think I think he's gonna be a big uh, time player in this game. So yeah, I'm taking FAMU as well. They're 11 and one. I, th- I think they're gonna win this game. Uh, next one, the uh, New Orleans Bowl between Louisiana and Jacksonville State uh, at 2:15 p.m. on Saturday. Don, who are you taking this game? 
I like Jacksonville State. Kind of, kind of an upstart. We were lucky enough, you know, them and James Madison to get them into bowl eligibility with yeah. not enough six and six teams in there. I think they're going to ride that momentum. Offensive line led by Clay Webb is really, really good. Stud. Um, I, I like Jacksonville State. First bowl game, I think they're going to be high energy. I think they're going to be really energized just getting into a bowl game when they really, along with James Madison, they, they weren't supposed to unless you had not enough six and six teams in and they got lucky enough to do it. So I like Jacksonville State. Louisiana is another one. They've kind of they've beaten the teams that they're better than. They've kind of lost to the good teams on their schedule. I think Jacksonville State is better than them. Interesting. I'm actually going with Louisiana, man. I kind of like the Raging Cajuns in this game. I think they've had a solid year um, as well. And, yeah, I think I think it'll be a close game for sure. But I also think Louisiana's defense is pretty solid. they got a pretty solid secondary um, led by the star cornerback, Keon Martin, who's, who's had a really good year as well. But, yeah, I kind of like Louisiana on this one. I got Louisiana winning this game. And right now Jacksonville State is favored, so I'm picking the upset in that one. Uh, next one we're talking about is the Cure Bowl uh, between Miami, Ohio, and Appalachian State. Appalachian State is actually favored by six and a half in this game, uh, even though Miami, Ohio is eleven and two. So, who are you picking, Dalton, in this game? Um, I I like App State. This is a hard one. This is a really hard one. I like App State. I don't love it by six and a half. Miami, Ohio's defense is really, really good. They beat Toledo in the MAC title game. I, I think the biggest driver of that is that Avion Smith, their quarterback, is in the transfer portal for Miami, Ohio. So it's it's going to be the same thing as Ohio. It's going to be ugly defensive MAC football if they win the game. I do think this is going to be a tight knit game. And the biggest thing is Joey Aguilar not turning the ball over. Right, yeah. makes big throws, but also can make a lot of big mistakes. I, I like App State's offense a little better in this game to find a way to scratch it out, but I wouldn't love that six-and-a-half number picking them there. This is, this is going to be tight. Miami, Ohio's defense is really, really good. Yeah, so Miami, Ohio, obviously on Henry Heston now, the new quarterback, but uh, I'm still taking Miami, Ohio. I think they got a really good defense. App State has a good offense, don't get me wrong, but I think Miami, Ohio is a really good defense, and um, I think it'll be a defensive game, and I, I think Miami, Ohio is going to ultimately come out on top. The MAC champions will ultimately come out top. Uh, in this game, actually, I oh no, I picked App State in this game. Never mind, excuse me, I picked App State in this one. I'm looking back at my you, ESPN you, you picks. You still right have now. time. You still have time to change it if you uh, want. I'm actually no, screw it. I'm taking. I'm going with my I, initial. Gut I, I did that with one of these games. Yeah, I, I I don't want to lie to you guys. I don't want you guys to join the group and then all of a sudden see my picks and be like, oh my god, did Max lie to me? Uh, no, I picked App State. I'm gonna stick with App State. My bad. Oh my god, I do think it'll be a close game. That's why I initially was like, oh maybe Miami Ohio will pull it out, but no, I'm going with App State. I, I do think App State's gonna win this game. So that's that was bad on my part. My bad. Um, uh, next one, the New Mexico Bowl uh, between Fresno State and New Mexico State. Dawn, who'd you go with in this game? I like New Mexico State. I like their running game a lot. I think Fresno also, Jeff Tedford, is out for the bowl game, um, for I believe for personal reasons. But I, New Mexico State, I was actually really impressed watching them uh, yeah. in the Conference USA title game against Liberty. They didn't lose that game offensively, man. Diego Pavia got it going, dual threat. I believe, actually, he got hurt at some point in the second half. They had a backup come in and play really well. Uh, I, I like their offense. I like what they have going in the run game. I think they're going to score enough points to take down Fresno. Yeah, I got New Mexico State as well. Make sure I have New Mexico State. Yes, I did pick New Mexico State in this game. Uh, yeah, I think I think they're a better team than Fresno State. I think Fresno State kind of had a hot start to the year. Everyone kind of thought they'd be the, the group of five team in a New Year's Six Bowl, tapered off, obviously, down the stretch. Um, I think New Mexico State, really good offense. Uh, these are two teams that don't really have good defenses. I think this could be a high-scoring game. Uh, in this one, but I, I do like New Mexico State a lot, and I really like what they have uh, with Pavia quarterback. He's, he's a really good player. Uh, next one we're talking about is uh, the LA Bowl between UCLA 
and Boise State. And I believe, yeah, this is the first time we're talking about a Power 5 team in one of these. So it'll be interesting. UCLA obviously missing a lot right now. Lyatulatu uh, is not playing in this game. But uh, do you think that the Bruins will still end up beating the Broncos in the L.A. Bulldog? This is the fun matchup, right? You've got Ashton Genty in the Boise running game mm-hmm. against, I believe, the Murphy the Twins are still going to be playing, right? I, I think so. I know Latu's out. There's several other pieces out. They've, they've UCLA's lost a ton of guys in the portal. Yeah. But I, I think UCLA in a de facto home game and their defense, if you shut down – and Talon Green is out for Boise too now. Right. He's gone. I think you've got a UCLA defense that's still going to play well. If you stop the run against Boise – you can beat them. I think they're going to pull it off. I think it's going to it's going to be ugly. And if Boise wins, Ashton Genty is going to break through for a big day. But I like UCLA's defense in this game. Yeah, so do I. I mean, you got right now Maddox Madison is the quarterback for Boise State, most likely in this game, and he's solid, man. But I, I yeah, you're losing Taylor Green. That's a big loss for them. I, Boise State's offense, besides Genty, is is not very good at all. Uh, they their receiving core especially is really struggling. So I don't know if they're going to be able to throw the ball on UCLA. He's actually got a really good UCLA's got a good secondary as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. And I, I don't know if Danton Lynn's actually coaching this game or not for UCLA. I wonder if he's already at USC. Uh, that's probably, that could be an interesting storyline as well. But, yeah, I'm picking USC, or excuse me, UCLA in this game as well in the LA Bowl uh, to beat Boise State. Uh, the next one that we're talking about is the Independence Bowl between Cal and Texas Tech. Texas Tech, the Red Raiders right now are favored by three. Don, who do you think is going to win this game? This is a hard one. I actually, this was the one I went back and forth on. I think this is the most unpredictable game. I think you got two teams very similar caliber. You've got two teams that are going to be starting new quarterbacks next year, and Tyler Shuck's already out at Texas Tech. But the story, the story is the running backs, right? You got two elite running backs on yep. the same field: Jade Mott, Taj Brooks. Um, this is as unpredictable a game as it gets. I, I lean Texas Tech. Um, I, I trust their defense a little bit more, but this was the hardest game to pick. I actually flipped from Cal to Texas Tech after I looked at some things, but uh, this I, I'm the least confident out of all uh, out of all these games in this one. I, I these are this is, sometimes you get bowl games that are just so justifiably even, and and this is one of them. I, I I'll pay, I'll take Texas Tech. I have them I have them in the bowl mania, but I will tell you this this one. If there was a game I could tell you, I have no idea who's going to win. It's this one. Yeah, I'm taking Texas Tech as well. I, I think the Taj Brooks, who did you see Taj Brooks announce he's going back to school? Uh, big get for Texas Tech. That's a huge, huge yeah, get. I mean, he, he might be a top five running back in the country heading into next year when we do our rankings. I mean, he's a terrific player. Um, that's a really big get. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting what they do uh, with him and, and Baron Morton, who actually has been kind of the starter all year for uh, for Texas Tech uh, in place of Tyler Shuck. Um, he's been solid as well. I think this will be a running game. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this is a game that will be won or lost by Taj Brooks or, or Jaden Ott. Um, that's clearly the top two guys um, in this game, honestly, probably. So, yeah, I think whoever stops the run, whoever runs the ball better, that's going to win this game. I ultimately think Texas Tech is going to come out on top, uh, and it should be a really good game. I, I think I'm really excited for the uh, Independence Bowl. Last one we're talking about is the Monday game on 2.30, uh, which will be going on pretty much when we're recording this podcast, so that's why we're previewing it now. Uh, it is the toastery, the famous toastery bowl between Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Who are you picking this one, uh, Dolan? I just want to know where they come up with the names for this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to – this is a tough one. you got some serious contrast here. You've got Western Kentucky, as always, with, their, with the high-flying passing game, Austin Reed. Austin Reed, really a gunslinger, and uh, I'm not sure if Malachi Corley is playing in this game, but 
it's it's the same old story at Western Kentucky with the passing game, trying to just score as many points as possible. And Old Dominion's the other way. Jason Henderson and the defense keeping it together, especially in run defense. They are just nasty, man. Henderson Henderson leads that crew, and they're physical. They're nasty. I, I'm going to take Old Dominion. I think Western Kentucky's been a little inconsistent this year. If Austin Reed is clean with the football, I definitely see a road for them winning this game. I, but I like Henderson in the, in the Old Dominion defense to cause some problems. Yeah, I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking Old Dominion. I'm picking Old Dominion in this game as well. I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a great game. I don't know if Malachi Corley's playing or not. We actually interviewed him. He's a terrific guy uh, as well. But I'm not sure if he's playing. But I, yeah, I just. I, I think these are two offenses that kind of struggle. But I think Western Kentucky's a little bit worse, especially if Malachi Corley's not playing. Um, and then two, you know, pretty even-ish defenses as well. So, but I think Old Dominion's ultimately going to come out on top in this one. They're favored by two and a half points right now. I think that's about right. So I'm picking Old Dominion in the famous Toastery Bowl. So we'll go over uh, other bowl games next week as we get through them. Uh, you know, the Tuesday bowl game, the South Florida-Syracuse bowl game. I'm, of course, my alma mater. I'm excited about that one. But we'll go over that as we get through them. But that was kind of our preview of the, all the bowl games on Saturday and, all the, and the one bowl game is on Monday as well. So, again, remind you guys, please join the group uh, that's in the description of our Bowl Mania where you have to pick basically all 43 bowl games. And the winner, the person who gets the most right, besides Dalton Rye, because I'm sure Dalton and I are going to go 43 for 43 on these. Uh, but the winner, besides us, will get a free PFF subscription for an entire year, which is very valuable. And again, this is just, this is free. You don't have to you don't pay anything to join this group. You can just join it, make your picks. It takes about 10 minutes. And you have a shot at, at winning a free PFF subscription for an entire year. So highly, highly recommend you guys do that. And do it before Saturday because on Saturday, those lock and you can't do it anymore. So uh, make sure you get it done before Saturday uh, as well. And, of course, leave uh, a five-star review on our podcast as well. Leave your questions, please, on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to grow the, the podcast channel a little bit more. Uh, with our YouTube channel. So please leave reviews there. Leave your questions there. Leave your takes there. We'll react to them, I promise, very, very soon. That's what we got for our episode, kind of playing matchmaker uh, in the transfer portal. We'll be, we'll be back, of course, next week with more stuff probably on the transfer portal and more stuff about everything that's going on in college football between bowl games and coaching hires and all that. But for Dalton Wasserman, for producer Eli back there, I'm Max Chadwick, and we'll see you guys next time.